Welcome to the Tales of Osteopathy Students with me, Chelsea, and my good friend, B. How are you doing, B? Hello. Hello. We've had a very busy morning and my brain's quite busy. I don't know about yours. Uh, I think my brain's always busy. I don't know when it stops, you know. Yeah, I should give true. it some stoppage time. Honestly. There's no, no stoppage time for brains, V. We've got an exam in two weeks. I know. Actually, out. when this comes out, it would have been done. Oh, it's fine. That's such a satisfying thought to be like, when this episode comes out, it will be finished. Mm. And I won't be done. a nervous, hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to all be good. We're going to be fine. And then we've just got, you know, essays to write. and. <laughs> Yeah, even more the life of a student. Any students out there, I hope that you're doing okay and that if you have any assessments, that those are all right. Wishing you lots of luck. One day we won't be constantly tested and we yeah. will have passed your degree, your school, your whatever. Yeah. And you'll yeah. just be a okay. You'll be all good. Mm. It's going to be fine, guys. It's going to be fine. I say this to everyone all the time. Don't worry, you got this. You got it. It's all already inside you. You already know it. You already know it. You just got to show it to the other humans. Yeah. Preach. So, today, <laughs> in our AMP Minnesota, we're going to be talking about the muscles of respiration. This is actually really good because I'm just going to sit back and relax because I really wanted to like re revise this recently, but other things yeah. are more important right now. So you can just re-teach me. So before we get deep into the muscles and what they do and what does what, we want to talk a little bit about the physiology of breathing, yeah. which obviously we've gone into a lot of detail. You know the anatomy. We've done those in the previous episodes. Bees talked to you all about the gaseous exchange. Just going to talk about a little bit of the overview of the physiology. And one of those laws that's really good to think about is Boyle's law. Yeah. Okay, so we've got loads of these laws of physics that exist because a particular man discovered it and decided to name it after themselves. Aren't we lucky? So this one in particular today is Boyle's law. So Boyle's law is that a volume of a container is inversely proportional to the pressure within that container. Okay. Sounds nice, doesn't it? So yeah. what does that mean? Again, I'm going to paint you a word picture, dear listeners. So imagine a container, any container you like, any closed container. And inside that container is a number of gas particles doing the thing that gas particles love doing, which is they like bouncing off of walls and just moving around and having a jolly old good time. Now, measuring the pressure within that container is measuring the force at which all of those little particles are bouncing off around all of these walls, right? So if we take that container and we squish it, squish it down and we reduce the size of it, okay? What's gonna happen with the same number of particles? They're gonna be bouncing off those walls more often, right? Because, you know, there's less space for them to move around in. Because they're bouncing them off more often, more frequently, then that is going to increase the pressure. With me? I'm with you. Yes. Coming back to that phrase in Boyle's law, which is inversely proportional. So if you're decreasing the size, you're increasing the pressure. So that's what inversely mm. means, it's the opposite, right? So we're decreasing the size, of the container and therefore increasing the pressure. And also that works vice versa. So if we increase the size, then there's loads more space for those particles to whiz around in. So they're hitting the walls less often so, and this decreases the pressure within the container. Mm. This kind of reminds me, I really don't like small spaces. So the smaller the space, the more pressure I'm gonna feel. And the bigger the space I'm in, the less pressure I feel. Yeah, there you go. Gas is just claustrophobic. Yeah. Nice. And also, what direction does gas always like to move in? Hey, okay. It likes to move from a 
place of high pressure to a place of low pressure. Yeah. And this is how we breathe. So why does this matter when we're talking about the muscles of respiration? So our lungs sit within what we call the thoracic cavity, okay, so the space within our thorax. They're attached to the walls of that thorax, which we're talking about like the rib cage, essentially, via the pleura. And if you're not sure what the pleura is, head back to season two, episode four, when we're talking about the anatomy of the lower respiratory system. And we'll tell you all about it there. So if we increase that space, we're increasing that space within the lungs, within the thoracic cavity, then we're going to decrease the pressure. Okay, so which is where air is going to come from a place outside of the body, which is a higher pressure and come into the lungs. Okay, so what the muscles do is they increase the container and decrease the container. And that is how the muscles help us breathe and pull that gas in and out of our lungs. Okay. So what muscles are there that support inspiration and expiration? So we're going to start with inspiration. Beautiful. Inspiration being breathing in. So we're going to start off with the geese, the start of the show, the big dog, <laughs> the diaphragm. <laughs> <laughs> the, the big dog, the diaphragm, hey. Yeah, the geese. Come yeah. on. Um, so the diaphragm is your main main muscle that helps you breathe it's super important and it's what does what we call that quiet breathing so you sat down you're reading a book you watch tv you're doing a bit of study your diaphragm is just nicely working away you're not even thinking about it you're breathing oxygenating that body great news so the diaphragm is a big dome-shaped muscle that sits under your lungs and separates the thoracic and abdominal cavities the diaphragm is attached to your ribs and it's also attached to some of your lumbar vertebrae. We're not going to go too deep into the attachment points because that's for another clinical episode in mm. the future. As we said in one of the anatomy episodes that it's innervated by the phrenic nerve, which comes from C3, C4 and C5. Again, more about that in season two, episode four. So another visual for you, just so you can get an idea of what the diaphragm looks like. So if you bring both of your hands in front of you, so your palms are facing each other, and just bend your fingers in and just interlock your fingers. So your palms aren't touching. So you've just got like a little nice dome shape, right? That's, mm. that's your diaphragm, okay? And what we want to do is we want to create more space in the thoracic cavity when we breathe in, right? So if you think breathing in, lift your elbows up so that diaphragm goes flat, and then exhale, bring your elbows down. Yeah. This is very clever. Nice, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Isn't nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, like we were saying, so for inspiration to breathe in, the diaphragm flattens, and so that creates more space. So it's increasing the space of the container, therefore decreasing the pressure, therefore air wants to come in. Good, isn't it? Isn't nice. It clever? Isn't it clever? There's also a bunch of other accessory muscles that support the diaphragm in inspiration, and these muscles are generally used in more forced inspiration okay so this is when for example say you're running down the street and you start breathing heavier why your body needs more oxygen so therefore you want to create an even bigger space for even more oxygen to come into the body okay so this is why you start breathing more and there's a bunch of muscles that help with that first up we've got the external intercostals so these sit between the ribs being costal means rib and inter means between these are in between all all of your ribs, right? And what they do is they pull the lower ribs up and out. Cool. And it's just the external intercostals, none of the others, just the okay. externals. You then got our good pals, the pecs, <laughs> everyone's favorite muscles, the pec. So starting with pec major, it attaches to the clavicle and the sternum. So it pulls the sternum 
and the ribs and lifts them up. So the sternum is in the center of your chest. It's where all your ribs attach to in the center. The pec major is lifting that and pulling that up. Pec minor attaches to rib three, four and five and it also assists with that lift mm. within the top of the ribs. You've then got serratus anterior, which also attaches to some of the ends of the ribs. And we've also got sternocolidomastoid, which is a big old muscle in your neck. And it kind of does what it says on the tin. So it's attached to the sternum. Collido means clavicle. So it's attached to your clavicle. And it's also attached to your mastoid, so your jaw bone. And so from there, it's lifting the clavicle and the sternum up. You've also got a little pals scalenes, which are my new favourites. I think they're super cute, little little guys. So they're kind of, they come down to your neck and they attach to sort of your upper ribs. You've got your anterior, middle and posterior scalene. And just like the sternocleidomastoid, they pull up and out the upper ribs. Okay. So if you think you're going to take a really deep breath in, big expand, big expand of the chest. All of these muscles are working together to expand your rib cage, your thoracic cavity to get more oxygen into the body. Good. Nice. So next we've got expiration. So inspiration is all about increasing the thoracic volume. Expiration is about decreasing. So we're thinking about the diaphragm going up, back up into the rib cage and the ribs coming back down and back in. Okay, so everything tucking away all nice and neatly. And as I mentioned before, the diaphragm separates the thoracic and the abdominal cavity. So what do you think is going to help the diaphragm go back up and reduce space in the thoracic cavity? That's right. So the abs. <laughs> so your abs. Yeah, nice. Your abs are all there for the work. The most important muscles of this are your abdominal walls. So we're talking rectus abdominis, internal obliques, external obliques, and transverse abdominis, all of those muscles together. So you can think about it quite logically. If you think you're doing like a crunch or a sit-up, mm. when you're coming on the upward part of it, you breathe out, right? You contract yeah. all your abdominal muscles, you breathe out. And then when you lay back down, you breathe in, you relax all those muscles. It's helping with all of that expiration. Also, we've got the internal intercostals. They also assist with active expiration by putting the ribs down and in. Ah, I see. So they're very much next to the externals. And those are all the muscles of inspiration and expiration. Lovely. Very nice. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope it helped. Yeah. yeah. Helped. Learning a little bit more about how your body works, how it mm. all functions. Mm. And if you've got any questions about this at all, let us know. And next time in our little mini A&P episodes, guys, we've got pathology. It's shit. Yeah, it's our fave, or my fave yeah. at least. Oh, when yeah. shit gets fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what goes wrong in the body? And that's how we'll be describing and giving a bit of context about respiratory system is things like asthma, cystic fibrosis, pneumonia. ETC. Stay tuned. Yes, absolutely. Goodbye.